through the fire. It's the opposite of how God wants us to see ourselves in his hands. Even if you have been victimized in a real way, let's say someone had it in for you, there's still a way to deal with that that's not saying I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. I'm in God's hands and I'm going to deal with this situation because God is in control of my life and he gives me wisdom to deal with this. The Bible says we live, we move, and we have our being in him. And then suddenly you're like, wow, I've already got all the esteem I need to still go back and love the way God wants me to love. Welcome to... Through the fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. (laughs) Well, hello, hello. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And this is Through the Fire. Through the Fire. Hey, so listen, we're into a new year. Yeah, we are. And the calendar turns a page and, you know, but things are not really left behind or anything like that. So, I mean, we just keep on moving forward, right? Yeah, we've got some exciting family things going on in our lives, too, with our daughter. And that's that's good, you know, so. Some really exciting things. I mean, just said her wedding vows and Mm -hmm. we'll be looking forward to having a big celebratory event in February. Yeah, they're always your children, right? Yeah. You're always concerned. Yeah, always. Yeah. Good things, though. But good, good things, things, yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, life goes on, and, and it, it, we're always trying to redeem the time and make the most of it, and and yet our topic today, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, well, you know, it's it's here it is. It's 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 not an, a new subject. I mean, it's actually no, it been isn't. studied for a long time, but there is a new study that was just, you know, speaking of new things, uh, you know, a new article came out about a study that was done in Israel about uh, a new uh, personality concept. Construct. And they, they've titled it The Tendency for Interpersonal Victimhood, and the acronym is TIV. Again, it's the TIV. Tendency for Interpersonal Victimhood. And what it is, really, is that it's uh, the belief, the ingrained belief, a long-enduring belief that is in a person that they are victims across all different kinds of interpersonal relationships. They are people that are have been uh, greatly wronged by the world. Mm-hmm. And this is their perception, and um, this is a part of a deeply rooted mentality. Well, but is this a psychosis, or is this a—I mean, are they branding this as something that we need to get out of, or they're just saying, hey, this is the way things are? They're just identifying it as something that is a new personality construct. Now, whenever we talk about that in terms of psychology, personality is something that's really enduring. It doesn't change very much. But we have to, you know, victimologies, uh, something that has been studied for a very long time. Victimologists right. have studied, you know, the effects of different types of trauma on people. So right. this, but what this this study did is it did eight, it broke down eight different studies with 249 Israeli adults. And so they identified uh, different things that um, we can now look at. And what we've found out through this, but we've been seeing it for a while, haven't we, with, uh, I guess, back in, you know, 2013, 2012, we started seeing some of this uh, being talked about, most notably, you know, the mentality and behavior of the Zoomers or the Generation Z Mm-hmm. Uh, individuals. But know. I guess what I was saying about this, though, is it sounds like what you look for is what you're going to find because, you know, even the idea, the concept of a legitimate victim is a person who actually experiences and suffers direct, you know, threatened physical, emotional, or financial harm as, 
as an act, an intentional act by somebody else. Right. But your perception can be wrong. <laughs> that's exactly right. And that's, the, the, you know, that's a great yeah. point because it's TIV is the perception of it, right? Not right. necessarily that they've actually experienced it. Well, that's, so then the question is, why do you think that we're seeing this generation reporting so highly on TIV traits? Well, TIV, because <laughs> TIV is going to bother me. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. No, but seriously. Well, first of all, okay, we've known this. This is a serious thing, man. It's extremely serious. Because people are coming at you and saying, you did this to me, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's extremely serious. So, with Generation Hmm. Z, which are the people that were born between 1997 and 2012, uh, they're the first demographic uh, cohort to have widespread access to smartphones. Mm-hmm. And we talked before about, you know, the use of cell phones uh, for, you know, to to compare oneself and to look at the ideology of beauty and things like that. So the negative effects of screen time are most pronounced, you know, on adolescents. Mm-hmm. Um, this generation, by the way, is seen as more educated, okay? But they report less cognitive ability. Well, Isn't I mean, that interesting? Ac- access so, to information doesn't necessarily mean you're educated, but that's yeah, right. that's another discussion. Right. So what's happened with this generation is you see extreme low self-esteem. Wow. And lo- low self-esteem impacts your perception, right? So that further feeds into this, which influences the way that the individuals with TIV are going to process their whole entire life experience and justify any kind of behavior that they might produce. And they see it as their right to right the wrongs that they perceive are against them. Well, again, you know, when you become the uh, judge and jury of all things in your life, that's a scary person when it's all said and done. But again, I, I get back to this, you know, the power of being told that you're a victim, if they're going on these websites and stuff like that and they're seeing things and there's a voice in their head saying, look at what I don't have, look at how I'm being mistreated or look, you know, imaging yourself as a victim, letting that actually rest then in your heart. Like you actually say, you know what? I am a victim, mm-hmm. which means you're helpless to what people are doing to you uh, or that uh, people are really doing this to you for no just reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see that, you you stop seeing solutions. Right. I mean, you stop and you see more and more and more problems again without solutions. Right. And, and and, you know, if that's all I thought about all day, I mean, if, if that, all I thought about is yeah. this is what these people are doing to me, that's I right. can't imagine anything but rage yeah. being my response. Well, who does rage finally destroy? It destroys the person who's enraged. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then, you know, you, well, there's a lot of other things that go along with that. But, you know, we've seen this politically played out, right? We've seen the expression of this played out in the destructive behavior of the mob protests and demonstrations. Mm-hmm. We've seen the demands expressed in the various sit-ins by college students across the nation. We've seen the crying and the dramatic calls for safe spaces on college campuses where students can recuperate and feel safe from the perceived stressors and threats that surround them. But here's the thing about that, you know, these safe spaces, right? Their perception is a little skewed and delusional, and you cannot get away from yourself. So if it's within your head, what the heck are you doing? You're just further isolating yourself, which is perpetuating the whole cycle. Right. And and whose job is it to finally make a safe space for you in this life? I mean, I mean that that kind of goes to the point where everyone else is supposed to, you know, to to create the safety so that I can be whatever I want to be. That's not how the world works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not how and I mean, I understand there are bad things in the world. Don't get me wrong. This right. is a tough world. I get that. Right. Um, but there's a whole other way to attack it than to just kind of devolve into this victim mentality. Absolutely. And the thing about this victim mentality is that what this particular research did was they identified several core components of TIV. Uh, the individual needs uh, to be 
completely recognized as having their victimization validated. They need for people to believe that they are indeed victims. Okay. And they have this need for immaculate moral, uh, to be seen as a very morally pure. And so we call it a moral elitism. And well, so, I call it pietism. Well, yeah, you know. but but if you and, and it, the thing about it is, if you anybody criticizes or opposes them, then those people are immoral, immoral, and unjust. Well, again, you know, I can't imagine thinking about this stuff all day long and then trying to have any kind of civil world or humane world because if all of us were like this, yeah, because they lack empathy. That's another thing that's well, identified. They I cannot, lack empathy. Yeah. Well, if you're yeah. moral so, elitist, then yeah. what do I have all these sinners exactly. around for? Exactly. Well, that's the point. Is well, do you see how awful this is? Yeah, absolutely. And then rumination, rumination. They fixate on it constantly. So then they try to think, how can I write this? They start to get vindictive. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, it, it impacts. Them well, this on so seems many to levels. be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> you think? You know, no, it we, really is. We don't want you to suffer from this, but we also you got to understand there are people. But you are think, suffering th- if you are they, like this. And there are people that that actually think this way, uh-huh. and so you got to deal with people like this in the world today. The thing is, is that they're constantly raging, right? Yeah. So, so why do you think it matters if people have it, and right. and why should we as a society or as Christians even care if somebody is suffering with this? Well, because you just talked about how it devolves into this kind of like unhealthy, enraged pietism that actually then destroys the very person that has it, Mm -hmm. and it destroys relationships. And to me, Mm -hmm. it's the opposite of how God wants us to see ourselves in his hands. Even if if you have been victimized in a real way, let's say Mm -hmm. someone had it in for you and they really did specific things to you because they really wanted to hurt you, Mm -hmm. there's still a way to deal with that that's not saying I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. I'm in God's hands and I'm going to deal with this situation because God... God is in control of my life, and he gives me wisdom to deal with this. And that's fully aware of the fact that the world is a sinful, destructive place. We get that. But the Bible says we live, we move, and we have our being in him. And mm-hmm. Romans 8, it's probably my favorite passage in the whole Bible, the whole chapter. I think chapter. you say that regularly. Though, I do, but, it, but it, <laughs> I don't think you can fully grasp what it's saying there. Because when he says, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, things to come, nothing. Shall separate. So I am not a victim. Mm-hmm. In anything that happens in my life, I live in his victory unto victory. And even if I deal with this particular thing that's come against me, I'm in the power of his hands. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that gives us a whole different way. So when you say, why should a Christian be concerned about it? When you respond that way back to even the people who might be victimizing you, Mm -hmm. it can actually turn them to see the God in heaven who came for them when, right. you know, when they told God to get the hell out of their lives. Right. And if you were focusing on God to begin with, you would be less apt to fall into this kind of mentality. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, you'd be living in a place of grace more than one of hate, right? Absolutely. So this way of thinking, okay, first of all, for me to say, well, they're suffering, so we you should care. Well, they're actually in they like to sit there and say that they're suffering. But right. the truth of it is that they're really hurting and they don't know how much they're hurting until they know what, you know, normal and joy feels like, right? I remember, and, I just want to jump in on yeah, that. I remember when I was a kid and, and, you know, and I said, Dad, I'm I'm suffering. You know, Dad, I'm suffering. Son, get up and get to work, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah, you just yeah, need yeah, someone okay, to I'm say, sorry, get, get, get out of that, go. you know. Yeah. yeah, as you mature, you realize <laughs> I still got to go to work. I still got to do things. Yeah, and the thing of it is that individuals that have this TIV, this way of thinking can be very delusional and it keeps them uh, on the defensive because they interpret the world as being out to intentionally harm harm them or punish them. Mm. Nothing is ever their fault. They are not responsible for their behavior. And at times it can be quite uncivil and they are okay with it. But see, that's the thing. I mean, if you don't take responsibility for your own life, you're not living. 
Mm-hmm. You're not living a human life. You know, th- that's the one thing that makes us human is that we finally do take responsibility. Right. And then when we understand that we, God finally says, and I'm going to hold you accountable, and then we realize, right. well, what if we can't meet But see, they're standards? God. They're going to hold everybody else accountable because well, they see then, the negatives in everybody, but they don't see it in themselves. Well, then they must see themselves as God. I mean, because that's really what they're saying. <laughs> well, that is I'm, what it is. They're the moral, you know, they're the, on their moral high horse, I right? got bad news for them then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the sad thing is, is that the, these individuals, you know, report tending to hurt longer and more intensely, and they, you know, they hold grudges, right. and you know, so they develop these anxious and avoidant uh, relationships. They're never really happy. They they're never really successful in those relationships. You know, it becomes a strategy uh, to deal with life, and it's a very poor strategy, right? So whether it's staying safe in one's comfort zone, which you know they're miserable in their comfort zone, but that's what they know, right? right? So, you know, I mean, we really should care about these well, people. Well, it's a real thing, uh, and it's actually being uh, empowered a lot in our schools, the way people are taught about things, and, and it's something we do have to deal with. So, you know, I just thought about this. Well, you know, th- this is a real thing, but it, it even has a real festival, too. It, it, Festivus. You know, when you think <laughs> about it, Frank Costanza, I got a lot of problems with you people. That's right. I know. The I, airing I, of grievances. The airing of grievances. And th- that it, would that be the new therapy then? There you go. Well, oh possibly. My Actually, no. We will just bring a whole bunch of people in to the session all the time, and they will just all apologize to you for all the things that they've done. I know. I know we're trying to <laughs> put a little sorry. humorous tack on it. I but this, this, this is yeah, serious. This is serious stuff. And, is. And, and again, it, it just shows how, you know, there's a different <laughs> way of living life. One of them is to, to wallow in your uh, victimhood. Another one is to say, how can I be empowered to deal with life as it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's the first thing. This is a real thing. Now, the question is, and we'll talk about it in the second part of our program today, this is something that uh, is growing. Yeah, it very much is. And, you so, know, so I want to take a second here before we go on to encourage you, if you have, uh, you know, further uh, desire or curiosity regarding some of the things going on around uh, the nation to maybe plug into our uh, very own Stacy Washington's uh, program on Sirius XM Patriot Channel 125. Mm-hmm. She has a program called Stacy on the Right, and it's starting um I believe, 9 p.m. and goes okay. until midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy is a decorated uh, Air Force veteran, and she's been very well uh, received on the Fox News, Fox uh, Business, CNN, The Blaze, PBS. I mean, she's just all over the place. So I really encourage you to plug in and listen to Stacy and support her. Yeah, and in my work in Washington, D.C., I will just tell you that the black conservatives really are powerful, rising voice in yes. our culture, and I, I've loved every minute of working with them, especially with state, getting to know Stacey. Powerful and positive. Yeah, powerful and positive. Again, we yeah, will not, not be... they're not destructive. We will they're not, not full of hate or anger. Yeah, we will not be victims moving forward because we're going to find a way forward in all of these things. And so, mm-hmm. very positive thing, very positive voice, and again, we are adding ourselves to that voice, too, to try to give you a real blessing right. uh, as you deal with these issues right. in our culture. Okay, well, so... bring ba- awareness to what's happening. Absolutely. So, so back to what we were talking about. Right. You know what you reminded me of? What? I'm scared. Uh-oh. Don't be scared. You know, she gets scared sometimes when I say, hey, honey. I don't know this, what you're going to say. Yeah, she, you know, one of the things she worries about on this program is me just going, you know, just going off and saying, here's something I want to yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah, I do. No, what I was going to say is it reminds me of the parable where Jesus talks about the talents. He talks uh-huh. about the master who comes, gives people talent. Oh, yeah. and, and he's really trying to say, this is God. And God sometimes gives different people different talents, et cetera, et cetera. 
And if you know the story, it's in Matthew 25. Um, the first two receive what God gives them, and they put it to work, and, and it, it grows because God's things, you know, when God gives us his love, his grace, his forgiveness, his mercy, and you share it, it grows, and it comes back to you, and it's a blessing upon blessing. But the third guy says, you know, man, this master, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't know my struggles. He doesn't really, he only gave me one talent, and so he <laughs> puts it in the ground. And when the master comes back, I love what he says. He says, master, I knew you were a hard man. You reaped where you didn't sow. You gathered where you didn't scatter any seeds. So I was afraid. I hid your talent in the ground, and here it is. Mm -hmm. Well, that to me sounds like a victim way of living your life. Mm -hmm. You don't really even understand how much God loves you. Do you not understand how much God has already given you? Didn't empathize with anyone else. Even the ability to be a victim (laughs) and to live in this mentality towards others you still have the ability to live. Mm-hmm. That's that's something you should be thankful for. But anyway, mm-hmm. it, that he missed this whole one. point. He missed the whole point. He had this victim focus, that's and because right. he was so self-focused, defensive, and skewed, he literally took God's talent, shoved it in the ground, mm-hmm. and then shoved it in God's face when God came to hold him accountable. Well, who wants to live that way at all? And mm-hmm. I think that's what it, re- it reminded me of that parable. And, and basically, Jesus said, look, I, I love you. I care about you. But I can't force you right. to see me as I am for you. Mm-hmm. You know. And again, that's one of the ways we need to engage people's lives to say, hey, you got to see it from a different perspective. Right. Even if the, the issue was real, you mm-hmm. still can see it from a different perspective. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was just say, let's let's get our view of the world right. Let's get our view of God right. And then we can deal with ourselves honestly. And we're not imprisoned in the fears that emanate, I think, from victimhood. So, Right. And sometimes it is painful to, to deal with yourself honestly, you know. Well, there's no doubt. But and it's, it's good to do so. And, and so, again, I guess moving forward, then the question is, well, then what, you know, how do we want to help our children, especially because th- this is one of those things where it does, children kind of revel in this a little bit. And they've got to actually grow out of some of this, even as adults. Well, that's the one way of getting attention, right, if you're a victim. Oh, so, absolutely. And that's part of the problem. So, yeah. you know, understanding that when we do this, we, you know, we're enabling the children and our young adolescents to adopt this kind of a victim mentality. And it's, you know, ultimately going to hurt them mentally and physically because their behavior is self-defeating in every way. You know, it disempowers them relationally. That's a Go, good... See, right? that's... You just said it, empowerment. Even if you were victimized... Assessing that doesn't empower you. It might actually clarify what happened to you, and you may have to start there. But then the question is, how do you want to deal with it? How do you mm-hmm. want to move forward through it? And just wallowing in that mm-hmm. is never going to get you out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about it disempowers yeah, relationally. Yeah, disempowers them relationally, and then they don't even take risks really in a, in a good way, so they don't accomplish mm-hmm. anything. So some of the things parents can do is we can, uh, you know, whenever we see the kids going down that kind of a, a victim mentality, if they're, you know, if something real has happened. To him, acknowledge that it's happened, but then say, okay, you know, let's identify some actionable ways to make improvement here because this has been happening maybe repeatedly, you know, especially if you start seeing a pattern here, right? Mm-hmm. So make a list of ways that your child can make positive changes on their own so that they see that they can take real ownership of their life and be responsible for their actions instead of pointing the finger at everybody else. And then help them to, to change the, the narrative that they have going on in their head, you know, flip the script right. and, and focus on things that, that they actually can change and figure out why are they struggling struggling and why are they frustrated? You know, if another person is in their mind making them feel a particular way, well, what is it within them that's actually being triggered by that, right? So help them flip the script. You know, and then another way is to help the kids develop the beautiful ability to empathize with other people. So get out in the community and, and help and volunteer and then teach your kids to say no. 
Well, no, see, I think that's probably, I was just thinking about the self-esteem movement back in the 60s too mm-hmm. and with all this kind of stuff where we just basically felt kids were not, you know, congratulated enough. I mean, that yeah. was kind of the movement. And, you know, we've talked about that. That that assumes then that the world is the problem. You're a pure person. And I think we hear this a lot in, in this identity politics stuff, structural, everything's structurally wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's anything wrong in me. Right. And the foundational Christian truths are, no, the brokenness starts with you first. Mm-hmm. Your, your heart is the problem. That's right. And when you get that heart right with God, then it opens you up to other people in ways you never thought before, even to people who mistreat you. Right. So And your behavior is, is something that is actually... Right. So, and good. Right. So self-esteem is, you know, sinners over-congratulating other sinners, which, you know, <laughs> kind of drives us into our, our poor, poor me syndrome. But selfless esteem is when we, we're honest with ourselves before right. God, and then our esteem is, you know, what does he say about us? And then he says, and this is how I want you to even deal with people who, you know, love your enemies is one of the, the hardest passages in the Bible. Yes. But mm-hmm. you, and you don't it's have the, and and you don't have the capacity to do it, especially as a as a sinful mm-hmm. person too. You will feel the the hatred, the anger, the frustration when they don't respond the way mm-hmm. that you think they should. Mm-hmm. But you don't look for your esteem or your empowerment in that, in that response. Right. You look for from God's point of view to you and God's word to you, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you're like, wow, I, I've already got all the esteem I need. To still go back and love the way God wants me to love. So, you know, I, I'm with you. I think we should fill our the, the minds of our children with the powerful promises of God. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when we went to church back in San Antonio days, you know, mm-hmm. Guido Merkins down mm-hmm. in, uh, it, he had that sheet called the powerful promises of God, you know, mm-hmm. and a powerful promise every day of your life. Mm-hmm. I don't... Great reflections, it, though. Right. And it, you just start saying, wow, God actually said that. God actually said that. And God always keeps his promises. And mm-hmm. so I used to always say, if you've got a promise from God, that's the most real thing in your life, no matter what's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, if you fill your mind with that, uh, then that's bigger than even real mm-hmm. victimization. And it sure will start to vanquish the stuff that's not real. And then I love that one passage, I know it's overused, Romans 8 again, all things work together for good to those who love God. You know, there's that sense where he is, he, he's going to even take the victimizer in your life and he's going to work whatever's happening, ultimately mm-hmm. to his glory and to your good. Because mm-hmm. that's just who he is. That's who yeah. God is. That's right. Wow. So, I mean, I think our final takeaway here is that just remember that TI individuals are really suffering, even if they did not or, and were not maybe actual victims of trauma. It's in their heads. Mm-hmm. Then they just have to perceive it to, you know, for it to apply to them and for them to have all these effects of it. So, you know, one of the best things we can do for our kids and for ourselves is to flip the script, right? Mm-hmm. And remember the promises of God. And, you know, hold a healthy perspective that drives us away from this kind of mentality. Yeah, and I will tell you, there's a lot of people looking to (laughs) public policy to kind of deal with a lot of these issues. That is a wrong place to look. I think where you just said, Mm -hmm. in the lives of those that are in your life, your family, your friends, you know, speak this kind of truth to them. Speak these powerful promises. Flip the script. That's yeah. the way, because I don't think you can live a healthy, well-adjusted life in love towards others if all you see is their faults and your victimhood That's as right. real. That's right. Yeah. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. One that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See you see soon. You soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.